0: A good of Shabbos to our friends and members of the West Mount Shul. This week we'll be learning all about Parshas Vo'era. We'll be learning all about Paro's stubbornness. And many great messages can be learned about being stubborn. And everyone should ask themselves, do you think you're a stubborn person or not? And do you think you're stubborn in a good way, stubborn in a bad way? This is the Shabbos, and next week as well is for us to reflect on that honestly. And this is what the Torah is going to teach us. We discussed it at the Monday Night Shior, which you can listen to at my podcast. And today we're going to uh, bring it more into the realm of the Lomisa realm. And if we look towards the end of Parshas Vaera, this is after the Plague of Barod, and Paro summons Moshe to stop the plague. And he says, uh, so Moshe says, okay, I'll go outside. He says, stop the plague and I'll let you guys go. Fine. Moshe says, okay, I'm going to leave the city. I'm going to pray and it's going to stop. Fine. Now you'd expect the next line to say, Moshe went out from Paro and he prayed and the plague stopped. But not exactly. What happens is, after Moshe says, I'll go out and pray, it says, but you should know, you should know the damage that happened already, that the flax and the barley have been destroyed, yet the wheat and the, and the spelt have not yet been broken because they ripen late. So since they're soft and flexible, they didn't break yet from the force of the hail's impact. And then he goes out to pray. So the question is, what are the, the Ramban asks, okay, Moshe says, I'll leave the city. I will pray. There'll be no more hail. So you'll know that the land is Hashem's. But I know that you and your servants still don't fear God. Good. Then we get a report that the flax and the barley were broken because the barley was ripe. The flax was in the stalk. The hail broke them, but the wheat and the spelt not. Well, why, why is this flow being interrupted when a few psukim before... It says what the hail did. The hail was throughout the land and attacked man and beast. It struck all vegetation and broke all the trees of the field. Ready? No, knows. If you want to tell us a little bit more, you could put it in those earlier psukim and to say that the uh, flax and the barley were broken, but the weakness felt not. But why in the middle of Moshe saying, okay, I'm going to go out and pray. And I know you're not going to listen. And then he goes out and pray. In the middle, we get another report on the damage report. Very difficult question. Ramban asked the question. Rav Sajiko, on asked the question to give all kinds of answers. We'd like to share with you an answer that I heard that uh, really cuts to the core of the eternal message. And the eternal message begins with the following. It is a Gomorrah, uh, a Gomorrah in Tynus. A rabbi said, A person should always be pliant as a reed, and never let him be hard as a cedar. What is the simple meaning of that? The simple meaning is that, you know, when a storm comes, a cedar tree, which could be very, very big, but if a huge, huge hurricane comes, The hurricane is stronger than the cedar and can knock it down. Well, the reeds are very flexible, and when the wind blows, whatever direction it blows, the reeds can go in that direction. The cedar is not flexible. Now, the cedar tree, although it's much stronger than the reed, Stands tall, so the reed, the cedar tree is a muscle, is a parable to a person who's inflexible, although he's great and powerful and mighty, and that's why he's not inflexible. But guess what? There will be forces that are stronger than you that can destroy you. While the reed is very small, very insignificant, people, you know, don't think it's important. But guess what? When the storm comes, it does not go down. Fascinating. Fascinating. So now becomes the question, what does the rabbis mean? We should always be flexible. How do we know when to be flexible or not? Maybe being flexible all the time means I'm wishy-washy. And if I'm not flexible, I'm a principled person. So when, when does being a principled person Turns into a stubborn person. When is stubborn good? When is stubborn not good? When is flexibility good? Now, how do we know what's the j- way to understand this? So there's another story that Talmud tells about Rabbi Akiva in Gamori Abamas. says, one time I was going on a boat and I saw another boat that sunk, and I saw Rabbi Akiva drowning, and I figure he died. Then when I came to yeshiva, I was teaching Torah. And a few hours later, I see Rabbi came in front of me. So I said, my son, how did you save yourself? He says, you know what? There was a daf Shalsvina. There was a board, a plank of the boat that passed by. I grabbed it. And then when every wave came, what did I do? When the wave came, I uh, I, I, I I bowed my head and let it pass over me. So what does that mean? What's the story telling us? So let's give you a very interesting uh, scientific fact. If you ever want to catch a monkey, and this is what they do in South Africa, how do you catch a monkey? You fill up a box with nuts and you put a very, very small hole at the top, just just big enough a monkey can get its hand into the hole. And that's what the monkey does when it's twilight. The monkeys go out, they're looking for food. He sees the box, he smells the uh, everything. And now what does he do? He puts his hand into the box, grabs all those nuts, mamish. And now what does he want to do? He wants to pull his hand out. But now that he's expanded the the span of his hand, because now it's not a small little hand that got through with the fingers tightly closed together with nothing in between. Now there's nuts all over. You have a big hand and you try and get out, you can't get out. Now, what does the, the monkey do? He doesn't let go of the nuts. The whole night he's holding on to the nuts. In the morning time, people catch him. So what what is this telling us? The monkey is not that smart. He's smart, but not that smart. To focus your entire night on holding the nuts while you lose your life? Guess what? Why does Hashem have this in the world? Because unfortunately, they're human beings who act like monkeys. And they're human beings who remain stubbornly connected to their positions in light in spite of the danger that it poses and the damage that it makes. And what? why do we do that? Because we claim I'm a very principled person. I'm a very consistent person. I'm not a spineless politician. Aha, but then we come back to the question. When is it good to be stubborn, when not to be flexible? When Do we know when we're holding on to the nuts and not letting go and going to get caught in a human way or not? So let's look at two great uh, uh, generals and see the difference. General MacArthur... Uh, general of the general United States, one time there was a battle and he ordered, move backwards. And one of the uh, junior officers says, uh, Commander, are you telling us we're retreating? He said, no, we're just advancing in the other direction. On the other hand, Napoleon, in that fateful war in 1812 when he attacked Russia, and it wasn't going so well. And his officers say, listen, it's it's cold, it's terrible. The Russians, they've massed their troops. Look at the map. He shows them the map. He says, they're right here. So you know what Napoleon answered? His big mistake. He said, get a bigger map. They won't be so close. This is the issue. There's a certain stubbornness that takes you to the abyss. You dig into your position and you will not change. And then, and supposedly you think it's because you're confident, but really you're not. Really, you're afraid to do something different. On the other hand, there's a person who's never stuck in his position. He can admit his mistakes because he has real confidence because he knows there's something more important, as we shall see in a minute. But let's say, for example, parents are disciplining a child in a a way that's not compatible with the child. They're consistent, they have a certain position, And what happens is the child grows up, he's a teenager, and he has no relationship with the parents. Somebody says, you know, maybe you should change your tactics. Don't you want to have a relationship with your kids? He says, this is the way to raise kids, and my kid has to learn how to change. Is that a correct position? Are you being the monkey holding on to the nuts? Or are you telling us, like MacArthur, we're advancing in another direction? Retreat sounds terrible. It means you lose, but you say I'm advancing in another direction. Here's the real point over here. Do you have the courage to recalculate? That's the issue. It's not so much being spineless, but recalculating for a higher cause. Now, don't confuse this with position with politicians who recalculate all the time, as we'll explain in a minute. But to realize that big people can admit their mistakes and change. Stubborn people are small people. They cannot admit their mistakes. And here's the real question when you're at a position and you're committed. The question is, are you committed to your position or are you committed to your values, real values? Are you committed to the position you took to satisfy your ego or to be your values as an ambassador of a Kodesh Baruch Reeds are pliable, yes they are They have very small roots But outside are their real values And outside they know You have to know when to let the wind blow you around Here's the real point We, What's it all about? Our, our real values have relationship with Hashem Is this what it's about or something else? This comes back to our topic of Das That we gave in the class on Monday Very worthwhile to listen If you want to have a relationship with God What do we know about God? Hashem has no fixed image That's one of the reasons we don't have an image of God Hashem has no fixed image You know why? Because Hashem does what the situation demands And if you have to have a relationship with Hashem You can't have a fixed position either You have to do what God wants you to do At this time There are certain times Hashem wants you to do this Other times Hashem wants you to do that So the question is Do you you feel you have to have a position all the time? Or is God like the wind who's blowing you and you have to uh, be, be able to be pliant, flexible? And where is your real power? Is your power in your ego? Is your power in your brains? Is your power in your strength? And because of that, you've developed inflexible positions to maintain your power and strength and wounded ego? Or is your real power your relationship with Hashem? That's your real power. And I'm committed to the real power of the relationship with Hashem. And the relationship with Hashem means I have to be flexible to what Hashem wants me to do. How do you know what Hashem wants you to do? Ah, that's why you're blessed with a rabbi who thinks about what Hashem wants in life. Or you're blessed with a good friend that we'll talk about on Shabbos. Let me share with you a story that explains this. It's a long story, but I'll say it very briefly. There was a fellow every year would buy a nice s He'd save up money the whole year to buy a nice s Not a rich guy, but he'd save money. And this particular year, there was a great shortage of s and for the money he saved up, no way he can get an s The s are so few and far in between, especially a nice one. There were very, very few s So the guy figures, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna have an s this year. So he starts thinking. And he knew that he had a very wonderful pair of tefillin. Very expensive. People wanted to buy it, but he wouldn't sell it. So he thought like this. He said, you know what? I'm going to sell my tefillin, and that way I'll buy an s Ah, but wait a minute. What's going to happen after Sukkot? He said, you know what? Today it's Erev Sukkot. I wore my tefillin for the last day. It's Erev Sukkot. What's the mitzvah? The next mitzvah I have to do is take an Estrog. Tefillin is eight days from now. So I'll worry about it then. The midst of the moment is esrog. So he goes by, a beautiful esrog. He comes home, he wants to show the wife the beautiful esrog, but he's running late, the wife's not home, and he just puts the esrog on the counter and goes to the mikvah. He comes back from the mikvah, he's so excited to tell his wife about the esrog, he tells his wife, I bought a beautiful esrog and it's right, wait, where is my esrog? I just put it on the table. Do you know what happened my esrog? The wife turns white. She says, I was making a salad and I needed a little lemon juice. And I looked and we didn't have any. And lo- oh, Hashem loves you. There's a little uh, lemon over here. So I took the lemon, I cut it up into pieces, chopped it up, squeezed it out, etc., etc., And I made a salad. oh was that your ass rogue? The husband turns to her, gives her a big hug, and says, I love you. Now the wife thinks the husband's totally crazy. He says, well, I don't understand. You, you sold your tefillin for the s and you're not upset with me? So he said like this. He said, in the morning, the mitzvah to do in the very early morning was to put on tefillin. The will of Hashem I should put on tefillin. I then thought, Now we have Sukkot, the will of Hashem, is to have an astro, And that's true. But now I see Hashem is telling me the miss for the moment is to have a good marriage. But you know what I had in each one of those three moments? I had Hashem. I put on tefillin because I have Hashem. I decide to sell the tefillin and buy an Esrok because I have Hashem. And I have a good marriage because I have Hashem. And guess what? He also had a good salad. (laughs) You see what's going on over here? Flexibility on what Hashem wants means you're keeping your eye on the target, not on superficialities. And that's exactly what Rabbi Akiva was doing. Rabbi Akiva, the ship is sinking. It's terrible. Sometimes in our lives, our ship sinks. Sometimes we feel we're submerged in raging, freezing cold waters. And we think there's no future. I'm going to drown now comes along Rabbi Yikiva and says two things. First, I was fortunate that there was a, a daf shal a board, something I could hold on to that floated, a real anchor. And that really means what? A real connection to Hashem. And second, when every wave came, I learned how to bow my head to the wave and say, you know what? You want to push me this way? I'm not going to fight you. And that's what Hashem does in our lives. Hashem creates situations that, number one, we have to always be anchored with our connection to Hashem, and that will enable us that every decision we make will be a flexible, not a wimpy decision. You know what? Surfers, you ask surfers, they can, mommy, surf the highest waves. You know what they say? They say you have to learn how to dance with the waves. You can't fight the wave. Say, I want to be this way. No, no. You cannot fight a wave. You have to learn to dance with it. This world has waves. Don't resist the waves. Don't resist the changes. Don't deny what's happening. Allow yourself to let the wave lift you up if you go with the wave. I know there's situations in our lives that we're not happy with them. We're not happy with that situation in life. So the question is, what do we do? Do we stubbornly hang on to our old positions and drown? Drown in misery? Or do we say, maybe I have to shift positions over here? And why? Because Hashem is the one who's bringing a different wave. And Hashem is saying, until now you served me this way. That's amazing. But now there are changes in your life. And therefore you have to change with that. Why? In order to keep your connection with Hashem, and that's the critical point. The question we have to ask ourselves are we monkeys or not? Are we monkeys who hold on to their principles? And there because that I never let my hand go out, I never give in? Or not? And you're gonna ask how do I know? You know what? See what the consequences are. And if you're not sure, ask someone who's lived life and will tell you the consequences. There are decisions we make in life. Should I live here? Should I live there? For a certain amount of time, I lived here. I lived here. I want to continue, although the circumstances have changed. And what's going to be the consequences now if you don't move? Will you have a closer relationship with Hashem or a worse relationship with Hashem? What happens? Many of us become empty nesters. Life has changed. The ship has sunk. We may have had our kids and our family, but now I only got my wife or my husband. Do I go with the same way I've always done things? We're so involved with the kids, we never spend any time, husband and wife together. Now I don't know how to do that. Or maybe the wind is blowing and you got to be willing to blow along with it. What does Hashem want you to do? You now are retired. And you don't work anymore. So what does Hashem want you to do? To change? But what kind of changes? What will be the consequences of it? And we should never let fears and phobias get in the way of these decisions. And now we come back to our partial Moshe is talking to Paro. Paro, seven plagues, wiping out his country. And Moshe says to him, I know Paris says, pray, pray that the, the hail will stop. Moshe says, I will. And he says, and I know you don't fear Hashem. So now the next Tupsukim is not just the Torah's description of what happened, but rather it's Moshe's continuing to speak. Moshe has not finished speaking. So you read the text. And you say as follows. You said, when I leave, Moshe said, when I leave the city, I'll spread my hands out and I'll pray the hail will stop. But I know you don't fear Hashem. And now Moshe continues to speak and says, Power, look outside the window. The flax and the barley have been broken. But why? Because the barley and the flax were unflexible. The wheat and the spelt, however, have not yet been broken because they ripen late." And therefore, they're still soft and flexible and will not break from the forces of the hell's impact. So Moshe is subtly saying, see how destructive your policy is. You're stubbornly holding on to your policy and Hashem is destroying you. But if you could change your policy and be like the wheat and the spelt that are pliable, you can still save things. In other words, Moshe is saying, we can't fix the past the past you made a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of instruction we have to have the das to know this is the situation right or wrong but now the situation continues what will be the future and if we use the same you know what they say a misugener who does something wrong and keeps doing the same thing and expecting things to change and they don't and therefore he's saying to paro but you don't have to lose everything you've lost a lot but you still have your country And if you can be flexible to be like the spelt and to be like the wheat, you still have a chance. Then it says, Moshe went out and prayed. Now, Moshe is talking to Paro in this week's Parsha. He's speaking to any one of us who act like Paro, who have that Paro inside of us. And You see what's going on. Many of us are in certain situations in life, part of our situation, more of our situation, where the boat is sinking. And we want to be successful. So what do we do? The boat's sinking. We can't stop the boat from sinking. We now have to choose. You want to die or you want to live? You want to be miserable your whole life and happily miserable criticizing people, always looking for people's mistakes because that's your defense mechanism. That's the way I always am. I'm an honest person. I tell a person like it is, and he needs to know what kind of schmo he is because I'm honest. Mm, that's why you're miserable, you have no friends. Or do you. Or maybe you're just scared of the unknown. What if I become different? What if I change? But it's so reliable to be what I am and to be reliably unhappy because everything in its place, that's what I'm used to. Or to say, you know what? I do have a real, real value. And that value is my relationship with Hashem. And I'll Stubbornly hold on to that value. You know what that value says? You have to know when to be flexible because even Hashem is flexible. You want to know something very interesting? The DNA of a human being and a monkey is 99.9% the same. One little DNA strand that's different. Now they don't want to say that we're, we're like that mishpacha with monkeys. What I want to tell you, you know what that little strand of the difference is if you're willing to take your, open your hand and let the nuts fall in. A monkey holds on to the nuts. A human is capable of letting go of the nuts. Changing tactics and surviving. Rabbis say, this is the Shabbos. Ask yourself one question. Am I a man or a woman? Or am I a monkey? And whatever answer you give, prove it. What did you do this week to show that you were a human? What did you do to show you were a monkey? If you do things because other people expect you to do it, and you want to conform to what everybody else is doing, and you hold on to it because the nuts, it's not always nuts, it's its status, esteem, thinking that you're going to get approval of people, fears, selfishness. I'm just holding on, I'm holding on to those nuts and look what I'm doing. I'm losing all my happiness. Nobody wants to talk to me. I'm grouchy, I'm barking. My kids don't want to deal with me because I can't handle changes that are happening you're still holding the nuts? You're a monkey! Or so, no, I'm a man! Are you Pyro or are you Moshe? Do you see what's happening? And if your life is so perfect, a Hashem, if you have somebody that you love who's not letting go of the nuts, then maybe you try to help them. This is the Shabbos. We'll see you in Shul, and hopefully we'll see people in Shul and not monkeys. Let's talk about it. When we see each other in Shul, who are our friends, we'll have a wonderful Shabbos, and Hashem redeems people. At the end of the day, Hashem redeems humans, not monkeys. He redeems people who are flexible, not people who are stubborn. There's only one thing to be stubborn in life is your relationship with Hashem. I'll never give it up. But in that relationship, God tells me when to be flexible and I'll happily be flexible. Have a wonderful Shabbos. See you very soon.